Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned into episode number 473 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Hamshack, and it's the Weekender edition, the 93rd edition of the Weekender. But, as it happens, only the third edition where we've done our Wheel of Mystery topics. So we're going to get to that here in a second. But before we do, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so we should probably get into it. I, I do apologize to the folks who are thinking this was going to be last week and we didn't have a show, but we had uh, one of our dogs passed away, so we did not feel, well, I, I don't know how everybody else felt, but I personally didn't feel like recording, so so we put it back a week, and because of that, we're doing the Weekender now, and then uh, there was some post, or sorry, pre-show discussion about doing uh, sort of uh, removing the the deep dive from this cycle, doing a short topic, and then another weekend and coming back to the deep dive since we already have a topic and a guest scheduled for that time. So I guess that's how it's going to go. So makes the most sense, I think. Yeah, it kind of puts us back on track without uh, pushing because we everything did schedule off something. Yeah, otherwise we'd have to bring that one in at a different time. Yeah, whatever. It just it's just easier just to. Keep it and then just drop one episode. So it, it's fine. Everybody appreciates that we uh, we try to make things as legit here as possible. <laughs> Apparently, Bill's been in the sauce all weekend. So what? What? <laughs> not quite. Not quite yet. Not not quite. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. I, I'm working on it. I'm trying. Maybe to get... by the end of the episode. <laughs> okay. Well, as I said, I've got two beers and a scotch here, so I just need a bourbon, I guess, and then I yes. can fire up some John Lee Hooker, and we'll you got, go. You got one too many beers, I think. That's what it is. <laughs> one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. Yeah, but we're going to have to go with it. So, all right, let's let's go ahead and go with it. And uh, I, Bill and I have both been working on audio writing on on both of our ends, and I think we've got it sorted out. So, I can now do my spin the wheel of mystery topics. And the folks in the chat and the folks in Mumble and the folks on the podcast will be able to hear it. So this is excellent. Baseballs. <laughs> I know. You also yes. need to correct yourself. About? Uh-oh. You just said John Hooker. It's George Thorogood. No, no, no. John Lee Hooker did it first. It's yeah, a cover. Yeah. Uh, but George Thorogood's is better. It, George Thorogood's is better, but, you know, I'm going to the source. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. One, one thing about uh, George Thorogood's that I didn't realize until I listened to both of them back-to-back is a lot of the story in Thorogood's version is, like, all him. John Lee Hooker's version is really short. <laughs> it's, like, three <laughs> minutes, and uh, George Thorogood's is, like, nine. So, well, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. 
But anyway, I have brought up the Wheel of Mystery topics. I've done the five shuffles already, so I just have to push the button, and we'll find out what we're talking about tonight. All right, the topic it shows is kit building. Kit so, building. Yeah, kit building. I know, we went from a couple of really weekendery type topics to something serious and amateur radio related. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what we're going to say about kit building in 15 to 20 minutes, but I guess that's what we're tasked with doing, so we should probably do it. I'll tell you what, I have built a couple of kits. I even put a video out on YouTube about it, which is the Sherry kit and the Brian kit. These are all-star nodes that are built onto Raspberry Pis. And uh, those were fun. They're really easy. It just required some uh, intermediate-level soldering, especially the Brian kit. But I, I did find them really fun. And if you're into that kind of thing, you can usually save yourself some money doing kit building because, you know, you can order a kit and they'll basically just send you, they'll throw a bunch of parts into a bag, throw it in the mail and you get it. And then you have to put the thing together. So if you're into that kind of thing, it's a lot of fun. I did, I did enjoy the ones I did. And I even built a, a TNC cable for a, MFJ packet TNC way back in the nineties. So that's, that's the sum total of my kit builds. I've done three. So, <laughs> um, so as you can tell, I am not a super big kit builder, but, um, what do you, what do you think about kit building? Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely a fun thing to do. I have built a few different things here. I have, uh, I have built the, uh, the K1 EL wind gear. Um, it's a USB wind keyer and I still use it to this day. I actually, uh, worked on it with my son and he did most of the soldering and it still worked. It's really cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, what a great shack utility to have an actual CW keyer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've had it for gosh, at least 12 years. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah, still working. No problems. Uh, let's see. What is the other kit? Uh, I have, I have an unbuilt kit. I have a uh, actually I have two unbuilt kits. I have I have the uh, Rockmite SDR project. I I started with that <laughs> and I uh I torched one of the little ICs on it because you know they're all like super miniature now and yeah I don't I definitely don't have the gear to be doing any surface mount components. And uh yeah, so uh that still remains in the box with the uh, replacement part that I torched on the bottom of the board that I bought from uh, DigiKey or something like that. And I'm still quite afraid to ever touch that again. So <laughs> I, will probably, uh, I will probably gift that to somebody somewhere down the line if I can, uh, if I find it again. It's probably in the, the desk I don't use downstairs anymore. Uh, I, did, I did buy one of those uh, four, uh, was it the four square or four state QRP? Yeah, four, I think it's four state QRP groups. Uh, CW filter. Uh, the 400, I believe it's a 400 Hertz, uh, CW, AF CW filter. So it works on just plugging it into the, uh, uh, to the, uh, uh speaker for, port. So it's a little, a little, uh, audio, audio, little path, uh, filtering. And that worked really well. I, 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 I built that, uh, probably in a, just a day. It was pretty, pretty quick and easy. Just a small little board, real cheap. Um, and yeah, it really provided some good, fil uh, good filtering. And I think at the same time I bought that, I bought a, um, a receive preamp uh, kit that I didn't build. 
So that's the other kit I didn't build was the receive preamp. I was going to put that on a uh, a homemade uh, uh, loop uh, for just receive antenna. So I could have an active loop, basically, an active loop receiver. And, uh, yeah, I, I really haven't gotten a kit probably in a while because I probably have enough spare parts here to build a couple radios. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a couple radios I need to fix. But obviously, I just bought that uh, bought that ICOM, so I don't have to fix the other two radios, but I, I still will fix them. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I can't think of uh, I can't think of anything more to say with the uh, the kits. I mean, I used to have a Keith kit. Does that count? Does that count as a kit radio? Did, did you build it as a kit, or did you just get it already assembled? I bought it already built, but it had kit in the name. Well, <laughs> well, isn't that because once upon a time they were kits? Wasn't that at the one whole? point in time it came as a kit? I do believe so, but mine mine had all the boards plugged into it, um, so I didn't have to do anything but uh, clean everything <laughs> and replug in all the boards because it was the uh, the uh, SB one hundred four A, which is notorious notorious for uh, bad connections. So that's that's the one I built there and i see a bunch of people mentioning stuff in the chat room too but let's go to cheryl and see what kits she built she probably builds different kinds of kits than than us than we build <laughs> yeah well, i'm curious how this answer is going to go um gonna be like a cake kit that you've done before like a certain design kit that you probably kind of yeah I, i've actually used like shaped cake pans like garfield or you know Strawberry shortcake or something like that, you know, Mickey Mouse. I, I've made cakes out of those. So, and it, it, you know, one of them actually did come with the different cake tips you needed and all of that. So, I guess in a way, that was a kit. Well, you're, so, you're also doing an adult paint by number watercolor. That's a kit. <laughs> that was a kit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we do in the craft class that I teach every month, we do a lot of kit type stuff. We, I buy the kits ahead of time and people assemble Christmas ornaments or they do the paint by numbers, you know, watercolors or whatever. So yeah, my, my kits are a little different though. So I, I, I don't get involved kids. in, yeah, there's still kits. I just don't get involved in the computer aspect because I tend to blow stuff up when I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not generally how it happens in, uh, in, in my life here too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. There, there's been a couple of times that Russ has went, what the hell have you done? Because I've touched something and because I have a natural uh, electrical personality, I guess we could say, I've, I have like trashed motherboards and everything else. And he's just like, what the hell happened? <laughs> don't, don't touch that anymore. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so to go back to our grounding and bonding discussion. Yeah. Apparently I need to work on that. So. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. several kits mentioned in the chat room, as Bill has already said, and we'll put links to those in the show notes because there's stuff from Halibut Electronics about uh, satellite uh, communication kits. There's QRP kits from the QRP guys, a power strip kit for, for building a power strip from a kit. That's That sounds kind of cool. And uh, kits from tapper.org. That's the, what, Arizona something. <laughs> you talked to the Tapper guys down at Hamvention. Yeah, yeah, we're supposed to we're supposed to hook up with one of them to do an interview. I should uh, reach out, find out what the status of that is. I think that was one of those guys, Dana or somebody. can't remember. 
Yeah, Tucson. Tucson. Tucson yeah, Amateur so. or something. Yeah. Tucson. Tucson. Something. Papa Roach. <laughs> Tucson Papa Roach. <laughs> Tucson Making sure Papa the dunes, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tucson Amateur Packet Radio. That's what there, there we go. There you go. Now we can we can Google fi all this fancy stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Tapper. Yeah. I kind of enjoy the kid building. I just the thing that bothers me about it is my own inadequacy when it comes to soldering. I never really took a class or anything, so I'm self-taught and apparently I'm a shitty teacher. <laughs> so, well, your teacher day drinks, right? So, you well, know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't day drink <laughs> as much as he used to in his, in his youth, but uh, <laughs> still got them skeletons in the closet, you know, <laughs> uh, but building the Sherry kit and the Brian kit. Well, the Brian kit was a nightmare because of having to work with the, the eight, 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 the Baofeng eight, 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 because, oh, yeah. because I think that that's mostly a service, a uh, surface mounted, board in there and i had to do things kind of manually and so that was a nightmare but the the sherry kit which is the pre-built one which contains a module that plugs in usb to a raspberry pi for doing all-star uh or ham voip which is what i'm doing with it uh that one went together really well so it uses that uh what is it the ata8 some something radio board that, oh, that, okay. that widely used radio board, which I'm sure somebody is Googling already frantically. So not me. <laughs> yeah, not me either. So we'll have to leave that one up to Cheryl. But I, I find it fun, you know, other than my own inadequacy when it comes to putting stuff together. Um, but when it comes to like serious kits, like if I was going to build a radio or, you know, a transceiver or something like that, I, I kind of just like to have it shipped to my door and not have to worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I looked at that uh, that U bit X because it looked like you know it's more modular than than kit. You know, mostly everything is is like the, I think it does pre wound toroids and stuff like that, and a couple other things like all the surface mount components already attached or something. And uh, yeah, like that that's a level I could go into too. I don't really have anything to do reflow for uh, for soldering, so I don't have that capability we did try doing a uh we repurposed a toaster oven to do some reflow work and uh just didn't really have any success with it i mean i even had like a thermocouple in there to monitor the temperature and all this other stuff but uh but yeah i think uh i think i need maybe a better toaster oven to do uh <laughs> to do a full <laughs> reflow kit um so yeah i'm kind of uh i'm kind of hesitant if it's uh if it's surface if there's a lot of surface mount stuff beyond just like caps and resistors as soon as you hit an ic it's just yeah i'm out of there no no <laughs> yeah uh, tony says you need a convection toaster oven apparently that's the trick the convection toaster oven i believe that's the one with the fan right is that that the difference is the oh we the have one, one of those so so i can do surface mount now it, it just becomes automatic if i have a convection toaster oven i i can i instantly know how to reflow boards is that how it works apparently that's what tony says yep okay well that's great that's good to <laughs> just know just don't use it for cooking ever again <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why I can repurpose a spare air fryer I have for. Is it, will that work too? That's sort of a convection oven, right? Yeah, that's definitely a convection oven. I I don't know how. I mean, why wouldn't it? It's what's what's the typical heat to melt solder for a surface mount board? I think it's like two fifty or something stupid. It's not hot. It's, it's not, not super hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, obviously a a toaster oven or if a toaster oven can handle it, then a a um, yeah air fryer certainly could. So, an air fryer might actually be too aggressive 
Oh, you think so? Maybe. Well, because it has a temperature, it has a thermal couple in it too, so it should be a little bit better. Too much airflow. Oh, uh, that's what he says. Four hundred, four hundred degrees Fahrenheit is what your target is. Yeah. So maybe if I muffle the fan, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find some use for the stupid air fryer because my my big oven does my big range oven already does air frying, so I don't have a purpose for this thing yet. So <laughs> sitting in my garage, staring at me, all sad. <clears throat> so. But um, yeah, I think yeah, I think you can get into kits building easy, and there's a lot of like sort of hybrid kits that are sort of pre-built. And uh, yeah, I think it's just it is fun because it's like you can build something that you use, and obviously you're using your Sherry kit and your Brian kit and stuff like that, and I'm using my my K1EL. So I mean, they're they're very you know as long as you're building something you're going to use, it, no, I think I think is a great way to go. I mean, I didn't buy that because I wanted to save money either. I just kind of bought it because it looked cool, and I thought it would be a neat project, and it didn't look very hard to do. So um, I think that's the key is, you know, as soon as it's too hard to do, I think, I don't know, it just turns definitely a turnoff for me. Yeah, you get a couple of side benefits too, though. You also learn a lot about electronics just from putting stuff together. You can see how traces work and how different components fit together and how, um, you know, electron flow works and all that plus you get a sense of satisfaction of having done something and assembled it with your own two hands as opposed to just buying it out of a catalog or whatever so i think there's something to be said for it for sure yeah absolutely all right do we have do we have any other comments from the chat room about kit building any other like really cool kits that folks have built or any other comments you want to make i think we've actually kind of hit Write, write the nose on time for this topic this time instead of like rambling on <laughs> so you sweet too but um and i'm kind of glad we got chosen an amateur radio topic or a technical topic instead of something weekendery because it seemed like it was kind of heading in that direction but um <laughs> yeah I've, i mean i do like you know putting computers together and if you you know i used to build my own computers you know, from scratch, like you pick out the GPU and the CPU and the boards and the components you wanted to put in there and that kind of thing. And in a way, you can consider that a kit build. It's not quite down to the level of actually, like you say, putting ICs and slots and stuff on a board. But I, I know a lot of people like to do that kit, kit building on that level. So, you know, that's pretty cool. And a lot of uh, experimental music musicians build their own music devices. I don't know what you'd call them, you know, synthesizers and things like that. So that's all, that's all cool too. Oh, so. Yeah. I had built, I had built a little synthesizer kit too. I forgot about that one. What the heck was that called? I don't even, I don't even know how to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. It was really tiny and it worked really well. <laughs> uh, yeah. My son and I built that one too and uh, played around with it. Uh, did you okay. have that little electronics kit when you were growing up? It was like red and it had a yellow board and it had all the components on it with little mm. spring loaded terminals in the. In no, the no, I, di I didn't really do many electronics when I was growing up. Uh, you know, I was, I was fearful of it because my brother uh, used to tear apart every electronic thing I owned and never could put stuff back together. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of fearful of getting to the realm of him where he would tear something apart and not put it back together. And I didn't want to tear anything apart and not be able to put it back together. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of stayed away from, from really messing with stuff until, until I got into building antennas and stuff like that. Then, then that, then it got more interesting to, to kind of get involved in, uh, in the electronic side. I'll see that, that person who tore apart stuff and 
could sometimes put it back together, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would tear apart like just working stuff, which never made any sense to me. There was nothing wrong with it. Now it doesn't work. Come on. <laughs> oh, I, I was kind of Russ there. does that too. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of there. I, I I know how that what that's like. So. <laughs> let me see how this works. Oh yeah, that's cool. Well, um, let me let me I see how, how this used to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I have successfully put things back together too. I, I haven't broken everything I've taken apart. So, no, you've you've actually done a really good job with a carpet shampoo the couple times you had to take it apart. Although the last time you're like, nope, screw it, let's just buy a new one. So yeah, no, and you well. do great at putting IKEA furniture together. That is the ultimate in kit building. Well, that's true. That's that's like every man kit building right there. It's like an Allen wrench and a stuff in a flat pack. That's. <laughs> As I, I'm sure 80% of the people who listen to this podcast have done that at least once. Uh, and I, I still, I still to this day remember putting that armoire together and thinking I'll never do that again. So yeah, cussing me every other breath while you're at it. So yes, but I also modified it. I made a kit for a kit out of that Ikea. You, you did. So you did. And I absolutely love it. So, so yeah, I, I do have some talents, I guess. I don't know. Too bad one of them's not podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about enough of that. We should probably get on to the good stuff and, and get into hedonism. And I think Cheryl actually managed to find a recipe to do for tonight. Yes. All right. Well, let's get to it. Enough about kit building. We'll put a bunch of this information in the show notes, all the links and things that were discussed in the chat. So people can go look up some of these kits. And maybe if we think of something in between now and when the show comes out, we can throw a few more in there. And uh, with that, let's just move on. Let's get down to the hedonism, the good stuff, the things that make life worth living. And we'll start with food, as we always do. So Cheryl's going to tell us what kind of recipe she's got for tonight. Well, you know, this this is kind of a kit building thing as well, because there's multiple items you have to put to, you know, make and put together. So I guess that would be considered a kit. So... So tonight I picked out the Orange Dreamsicle Lush um, because summer calls for cool and refreshing desserts, and this is one of them. This requires a sugar cookie base, a filling that is comprised of orange gelatin, uh, vanilla pudding, and some cream cheese and some frozen whip topping like Cool Whip. And then on top of it, the whole thing, you put some canned mandarin oranges. So... And, of course, the recipe is a little long and convoluted. It's not really that hard, but I will have all the instructions in the show notes for you. And then for my mixed drink corner, I decided to carry on with the orange thing. <laughs> as, is that a PBR some, there? Yeah. <laughs> that is not a PBR. So. That's a Schlitz if I ever heard one. Come on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so for the mixed drink corner, I continued on with the orange thing and decided to do a tequila sunrise. And for that, you need tequila, orange juice, some grenadine, some ice, and garnish of cherries or oranges or whatever you want. Uh, and there's additional instructions and ideas uh, in the, the directions for this. So um, check that out as well. And of course, all of this will be in your show notes. So, all right, very good. I thought when you started with the orange dream school lush or whatever you call the thing at the top, 
that you were gonna that was a drink until I started reading down. That's like no, no, and I yeah, I wanted to go, I wanted to continue on with the orange thing, so so that's the reason why I picked the tequila sunrise. So although there are there's instructions on how to use uh, BlackBerry to make it a tequila sunset, uh, BlackBerry brand, excuse me, um, or vodka for vodka sunset, our Malibu coconut rum. So well, doing that, you're just ruining Bill's favorite cocktail. So. Eh, whatever. So <laughs> you can add a squeeze of lime to it to make it a little more tart. Add some orange or add some Cointreau to it or, you know, triple sec or whatever to, to make it a little more orangey. So, but. Oh, I found the kit that I built. Uh, the the Nublephone. The Nublephone. The Nebulophone. What's Nebulophone. The ne- what's the Nebulophone? That was a, a little synthesizer kit project. Basically, uh, you could program it with an Arduino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's actually it's it's it was kind of cool. It was a neat little build. Apparently, you can't get them anymore. Huh. Probably eBay for a billion dollars. <laughs> Got an exit plan. There we go. Or a dollar ninety nine. <laughs> one of the others. Oh, yeah. oh well, I, I could only dream, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a fun little kit, though. It's pretty fun. It has I little think keys it is, on it, right? It, those those are like little touch pads. It's a or pads, little yeah. pads, yeah. And you use that that wand to basically touch it, yeah, to create the uh, short. Yeah, that's pretty. It's a pretty fun little project. It, it still works. It runs off of a nine volt battery. What's the? <laughs> how, how do you get the audio out? Does it have a little speaker? Yep, yep. It has a quarter inch jack. Oh, cool. Yeah, like I could probably plug it into this board if I can go find it. It's somewhere in the well, somewhere in the house. <laughs> I'll bring it out next time we do a weekender and uh, use it as some weird spooky music or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. I like it. All right, very good. Well, I'm gonna take a departure from my normal drinks for tonight and talk about beer. <laughs> um, we beer. were in, we we were out of town last week. And I went and got some local beer from uh, from the Lou, and it's they're both. I got two beers here. I just I cracked one open. I don't know if that'll make it to the final edit, but <laughs> everybody who was listening to the live show heard it. <laughs> and um, this this is a selection uh, two beers from a brewery called Civil Life Brewery that's in St. Louis, and they. These these are both very different selections. They're both ales. Uh, the first one is called Angel and the Sword, which is kind of a cool name for a beer, I guess, or an ale. And the other one is called American Brown Ale, which is probably the least interesting name for an ale. <laughs> so, um, so let's see. How do I want to talk about these? I guess I'll just go down the list. So the first one, Angel and the Sword, which is the one I have cracked open here, is an English bitter ale, which... I found on some review site that that's the style of ale that this is. I don't know that I'd ever heard of that style before, but then I don't drink a lot of beer, so not too surprising. The ABV on it is 4.6 IBU of 32, and the color is a clear golden amber, which I think is what the um, euphemism for urine is, but... (laughs) So probably tastes like it too. <laughs> it's actually it's bitter, quite, right? It is. It is kind of bitter, but to me, it's not super bitter. But then I, I sort of like bitter things. So this, this wait, doesn't. Wait, wait. You, you like bitter things, but you don't like IPAs. Yeah, there's something about the the IPA funk. I just 
<laughs> but but you notice that the IBU on both of these is is relatively low. Yeah, thirty two is pretty low. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, Tony got it too. He's just catching up to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like okay. I like mildly bitter things. How about that? <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> not these uh, 140 IBU IPAs. No, I I just not a fan of those. Um, but the this is it's supposedly made with English yeast, English hops, uh, East Kent Goldings, and Fuggle hops. <laughs> Fuggles? Uh, fu- fuggle. Is it like is it like a muggle or something? I don't so, know. Something, yeah. <laughs> um, with diverse U.S. and U.K. malts. And I'm going to drink some of this because the last time I had some was a couple of days ago. And I honestly don't rem- – I remember it being good. I just don't remember what it tastes like. So, yeah, very much not PB, uh, PBR. Um, it is light. It's kind of crisp, a little malty. I just – I don't have a, a beer palate, so I can't really talk about this that much. But – it it is definitely a beer more... palette. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. I don't have the experience. But this is it's slightly hoppy, but more malty, and it's it's got a really nice sort of complex bitterness that I've not really had in any other beer. It's it's on the lighter side. It feels kind of like a lager, but better because I don't like lagers. But yeah, this one's. This one's good. I like it. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't even have like a basis for like a rating on it. I guess just since this would be like the first one I've ever rated. So uh, I'm just going to rate these on a scale of one to five, where one is like total crap and five is I'll drink it again. <laughs> Sounds like my scale for uh, for Irish whiskeys. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So I, I'm going to give this one a three. I think it's right in the middle of the road. Um, oh, give us a number for your uh, the chocolate porter, Hershey's porter from uh, Yingling, so we have some kind of reference point. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd have to give that one like a four and a half. Okay, okay. Just just kind of put it in perspective. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that the only thing that beats the Yingling porter is the pecan porter that comes out of Amarillo. That's the only thing that I've had that's better than that. And yeah, I'd say this is a solid three. I would definitely have this again. It's it's unique enough, even though it's sort of on the lighter side and more of an ale, like akin to a an American lager. It it doesn't like it's not off putting to me, and I would definitely drink these again. I would definitely have them again. And then the American brown ale I got because I do like brown ales, and I thought I would enjoy these. Um, comes in at four point eight percent. I've seen multiple different reviews that cite the IBUs anywhere from 35 to 40. You know, it's a, it's a brown ale, so it's brown. So easy enough. And the only thing I could find is that it was bl- a blend of American hops and American grains. It didn't get into the, the nitty gritty on the American brown. Apparently it was the first uh, beer that Civil Life Brewing actually created. And it is good, but it is definitely not as good as other brown ales I've had. So I like would. What would it, you pick as a good brown ale? A good brown ale. Um. Uh. Let's see. Like a Newcastle. A Newcastle, I'd say, is about the same as this. I'm trying to think. Okay. Oh, the um the the one that I would say is better than this is the uh, Smutty Nose Old Brown Dog, which no one will know what that is because mm, it's no. a because <laughs> it's a craft brewery out of New Hampshire, and that's a really good brown ale. And I would give that one like a, a four probably. And I would give this one 
probably a three as well. I'd say um, they're they're just as good, but for different reasons. And I sort of like the darker, maltier, chocolatey uh, brown ale over the the angel and sword. But you know what? I'll drink both of them. So I think solid threes. Solid threes. So Newcastle would be a solid three then too. Yes. Yep. Newcastle. So, I like Newcastle. That's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. So yeah, I mean, for for lack of some better beers, I mean, yeah. So I guess a three is like if if I don't hate it, and I can't think of a better one, it's going to get a three. So <laughs> there you go. Interesting. We 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 you know we need to, need to expand your palette of four and a halfs and fives. I think and figure out like is there really something else out there besides these really sweet beers <laughs> oh, i'm sure there has to be but like i said i just don't have the experience yeah, you're not a beer, beer drinker either so it yeah doesn't like yeah but i mean i've done enough whiskeys and stuff and and i have these brand new beers that i got and i'm like well there's you know craft distillery craft brewery might as well talk about them so i just yeah, they're, they're both relatively low abv for craft beers because normally craft beers generally bottom out of five yeah i mean it's not like these are imperials or anything i mean they're just regular bottling yeah, so it's just i i forgot what the hell i had today but i just i just had an imperial stout that was um it tasted like i was drinking a uh a mounds bar oh that sounds great I'd love it's that. like very coconutty and chocolatey and stuff like that i will find out what it was yeah please do because that sounds <laughs> awesome i love that yeah it was peculiar i don't think his nitrogen was set right because it was very very like syrupy tasting but maybe that that was the way it is i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i've only had one and uh yeah it was uh it was just it was just a really peculiar taste i definitely had coconut in it because you know that just kind of sticks out there but uh yeah it tasted it reminded me of a mounds bar like eating a mounds bar it was just pe- peculiar oh i would love to try that john john i didn't see this comment when i was talking about it but he said did he say he got he got beer from the loo yeah <laughs> urine color right yeah and it is yeah, urine color the, too you know. so you never know but i don't know maybe urine is interesting because it's uh it's kind of kind of an unusual taste so <laughs> well so's urine <laughs> maybe there's a little wee in there i don't know <laughs> jesus <laughs> Well, awesome. Um, well, I I have something we've talked about in the past here. Obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but I guess I'm, you know, it's Rossville Union uh, bottled in bond straight rye whiskey, and of course, it's just it's good. It's very good. <laughs> it's not as good as the barrel proof, but uh, it's 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 very good. Um, yeah, still still better than the Peerless. So if you're into rye, definitely skip the Peerless Rossville Union all the way. <laughs> I thought you said you liked the Peerless better. You just didn't like I did, the price. I do. I do. But the price just like is such a turnoff. And this is so this is so good on its own. They're just they're just different enough where it's like they're almost not in the same category. But like if I were to choose, say, recommend a rye to somebody, it would have to be the Rossville Union. I think. I, I really think so. Yeah, sweet. I like the ringing endorsement because I love Rossville Union as well. So. Yeah, it's very good. It's very. I'm having it right now. It's it's very delicious. Yes. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So now we get to bring Cheryl back in here because we've got some folks to talk about in our new subscribers, supporters, and live participants for the show, and we'll let her run down through the list. Yay! Hang on. Let me get there. So okay. <laughs> scroll. What? Here that scroll, scroll, scroll wheel. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't roll like, that beautiful scroll wheel. Ramble on enough for you to actually get down to the bottom of the ether pad. I mean. <laughs> I think we surprised I have, her. That's what I have 900 windows open on my computer. I had to find it. 
How does your computer stay running? That's what I want to know. It doesn't. It doesn't. Trust me. (laughs) It just cringes. Not a new window. Yeah. I'm melting. I'm melting. Yeah, it does that about once a day. (laughs) Arissa's like, what happened to your computer? I'm rebooting. Why? Well, because it locked up. Yeah. It decided to take a break when I didn't want it to. Yeah, exactly. So for our... uh, uh, Facebook, excuse me. Do any new subscribers or Patreons this time? We do have a few for Facebook, and that's Fernandez Fam, Mark Cowell, Tim Hunley, Murtada Mustafa, and Cal Gibson. No one joined us on Twitter. For YouTube, we had Emily Stafford. On Discord, we had Sashko, Boomstrike One, James Dinsmore, and Beef Bouline. No merchandise sales. Yeah, you kind of kind of butchered that one. It's beef bullion. Oh, sorry. You get it? Beef bullion. Yeah, I get it. Bullion. Yeah, bullion. It is bullion. The truth, man. The truth. <laughs> beef. beef truth. Yeah. No merchandise sales. And for the live chat, we had Darren VK six E K, Tony K four X S S. Tony K zero W J E. And how do you get a K out of that N? Oh, sorry. N N zero W J E. Ted W A zero E I R. Steve K A seven H V T. And John K one B T C. All right. Fantastic. What are we talking about? Boom strike now? Oh, you're saying that's the heli guy. Apparently, the heli guy joined us on Discord. Oh, on Discord. Yeah. Boom strike one. So cool. Yeah, I've uh, noticed that we're not getting any new subscribers on Twitter. I don't know if that's because of us or if because everyone just hates Twitter now. But maybe a yeah. little bit of both. Yeah, Twitter's just kind of eh, hit and miss. Yeah, I think Twitter's kind of on its way out. I, I don't know if it's on its way out, but I, I've noticed that over the last couple of months, I think, if not longer. Yeah, call Elon. Yeah. <laughs> We have not had any new Twitter subscribers, so I don't know what's going on there, but whatever. Maybe we need to find some new social media networks to to be a part of and just dump Twitter. I don't know. Ah, uh, you know, yeah. it's a necessary thing, I think, for now. We'll just, it's not like it hurts it's, us all. It's all automated yeah, at this point. It's all right? automated, yeah. Right, exactly. All right, well, that actually brings us down to the end of the show. So we want to thank everybody who was here live with us. And we just ran down through that list, and we appreciate everybody who downloads the show and listens. We hope you enjoyed this topic this time around. And the next show, of course, will be our short topics, as we discussed at the top. Then we'll come back to the Weekender, and then we'll have our deep dive, since we have our guests already lined up for that date and time slot. So we hope you have a great week, and tune in next time around. And we'll hit you with some great topics, and some fun, and maybe some learning and who knows what else. But until then, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. This has been episode number 473 of Linux in the Hamshack. This is the 93rd Weekender. So, yeah, it was a good time. Have a good one, everybody. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. 
You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one nine oh nine NHS show. That's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Mm-hmm.